everybody. How are you today? Wow, that good. That good on a on a Friday? A Sunday afternoon. Oops, I almost told this him when we were doing Jordan it. This is Jordan McCaw. And this is Micah McCaw. And you're listening to the McCaw Podcast Universe. Yes, you are. And what do we do here? Well, we exist for one simple reason, to prove people wrong. When they say... That sequels... Are never better than the originals. Yes. And um, we are going back to a series we covered, I believe, in our second year. Um, we, we had hit Harry Potter... So we were in that YA realm. Then I think we did Twilight. Oh, yeah. And then we finished it off with Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Yes. And uh, a little recap. Yeah. Uh, For you and me, we had never read the books, never got into the books. Yeah. And I think at, you know, barely saw the movies, maybe one or two. I had Before seen the, the first one was was the only one I'd seen. Yeah, so it was a very nothing series to me. Had yeah. no have no attachment to it, and I would still say that's the case. Yeah, I think I think uh, from my memory, and I it's not I didn't go back and listen to our episodes, but what I remember is being like Hunger Games one, fine, Hunger Games two, really good, Hunger Games three, yikes, Hunger Games four, uh oh, mm-hmm. so it became like a. I don't like, I don't really like the Hunger Games. It's kind of yeah, how I don't I care for it. And I would never rewatch it. And yeah. it's not because I didn't grow up with it. It's not a series like some other ones that's like, can't wait to show my kids. Yeah, I, I'm more indifferent than anything else. Yeah, me too. So when they announced that they, well, when the, that second, sorry, when they announced a prequel was coming out book wise. Yeah. It was like, eh, whatever. I don't care. I mean, yeah. I never read the books anyway. This isn't for me. And right. then, of course, they announced that they're making a movie, and it's like, oh, well, that's why they wrote the book, or Suzanne Collins wrote the book. It's all just money grab. That's yeah. just all I hear is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Well, and let's, let's, let me walk through while we, while you go through yeah. your thoughts, because uh, let's not give it all away yet. Um, because, yeah, so Suzanne Collins uh, writes this book. It comes out in 2020, and I'll just say this. It was generally positive reviews on the books. Okay. But f- for me, so if I can interject here, this felt a little bit like, you know, I mean, I'm not the most plugged into the book world, particularly YA people, um, but I'm thinking, oh, sh- maybe she hasn't had a hit in a while, and she just needs a hit, you know, wants yeah, to I buy a second house. I don't know if that's how it works in the book world, but again, I'm not a New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, I mean, the Hunger Games books were like... Massive. They were. It was like Twilight, then the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Harry yeah. Potter, Twilight, Hunger Games which is funny enough how we covered it because the movies also followed that <laughs> pattern as well. Yeah. Um, although Hunger Games might have beat Twilight into theaters. I can't remember. I, I don't remember when that first well, one Well, then you have out. Divergent writing on the coattails of everyone else. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it was that order for the movies too. But anyway, all that to say, so I'm like, uh, okay, you know, that's kind of, you know, it felt a little bit like, which I, I think we'll be drawing this comparison throughout this episode. J.K. Rowling being like, hey, guys, I've had all these books that people don't really like after Harry Potter. Guess what? We're making Fantastic Beast movies, and I'm basically running them. And then Oops. she continues to <laughs> dig herself into the deepest grave anyone's ever seen on yeah. social media. Um, and her reputation, no one cares anymore. <laughs> right. Not just because the movies are bad, but... Um, with this book, because it came out in 2020, and I'm sure this isn't the case because it takes years yeah. to write, edit, publish a book, but it's like we're in the middle of the pandemic and she's had nothing else to do. So yeah. it's like, ah, I guess let's see what that snow guy's up to. Yeah. I got a prequel idea. What What the heck? And, and classically, as we've covered in this podcast, 
We've had very few movies that we've covered, if any, where the prequels have even met the bar. Well, of here's good. the thing, Micah. We're a show that exists to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never yeah, better than the yeah. originals. We we're not here to talk about to to try and prove anything about prequels because right. generally they're stupid and dumb and bad and poorly written and just dollar right. signs. Have have we ever covered a prequel movie that is just good? I, I'm saying strictly like meets that format. Because the uh, Hobbit movies are not good. No. The Star Wars prequels are not good. No. Um, those are the only ones that are coming to Harry mind. Harry Potter ones are not good. Harry Potter ones are worse than I think all those movies we mentioned. And yes, I'm talking about Attack of the Clones. It's worse than Attack of the Clones. Oh my gosh. I would so much rather watch yeah. Attack of the Clones. At least it's entertaining. Right. Yeah. A little boring though. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a little boring. Um, already, like we've said, I already have rose-colored glasses about those again. I know. Me too. Um yeah, so I, I think the prequel thing is really, really hard to do. And and you kind of hope, uh, although this is a bit of a different situation, but I think of Stephen King, I think our favorite author. And, well, I think, I know that. That's our favorite author. We, we I don't know, it's your so favorite much. author. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. It's, mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, books, I feel like, can pull off prequels a little bit better sometimes. I don't know, so... Because, like, Orson maybe Scott Card has written a lot of prequel stuff. And maybe part stuff. of that is, like, because it's a book, there's room to breathe. Yeah. A little bit more than in a movie. Well, I don't and, know. And I think, I think a lot of movies fall into this really desperate trap of being, like, like if they, if they had a successful Enders series, for example. Yeah. I think if they made a sequel, they would be so, or, I mean, a prequel, they would be so desperate to, like, set up, like, and, and this boy is going to be born later. This boy. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, uh, he won't be beginner. He'll be maybe an ender or something. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Do stuff like that where you're like, oh, my gosh, shut up. Yeah. You know, what? it's like the, why did Anakin build C-3PO? Oh, yeah. yeah, and then later he has to wipe his memory, so any of this makes sense. It's it's all that of that weird stuff. Yeah. Um. So... So you'd hope, this is a book series first, that she would have a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and back to Stephen King, um, I think of, like, the sequel to The Shining, or the Doctor prequel. Sleep. Oh, sequel. It is a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's one of those things where you hear, oh, he's making Doctor Sleep. It's like, he is in his later years. Does he need a hit? Hmm. And then you read it, and, you're, and you go, there's an actual story here. Well, then you also know about him, that he's not going to write anything he's not interested in. I'm talking just purely cynical. I know, I know, I know. It's just, it's just like you do know that about him, though. Yes, I don't know that about Suzanne Collins. Right, but you, you just would hope, like, okay, maybe Suzanne Collins, like, actually does have a good idea. Yeah, that is worth writing about. Yeah, for me. So for me, this movie had so much going against it, going into it. Absolutely. One, I mean, so, so because it's a prequel, so I think you know, I hear it's like the beginning of the Hunger Games. I thought Ish. it was I thought it was about the first Hunger Games. Oh, okay. So find out it's like the tenth one. Whatever. Yeah. But it's still pretty new. And I just thought, like, what is the point of having this movie when we know it's not like it has to have a bad ending? Because right, it doesn't by end the, the time, Hunger Games or but anything. But by like the time that. we get to Katniss, it's like at the lowest of the low. Yeah. So that she can rise up and do her whole revolution thing. So the, the the issue so easily to get caught in, which is the Harry Potter thing, is you're and, and the Hobbit. They're trying to make it as epic, yeah, as Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. And it's yeah. like y- you can just keep it its small little prequel thing that it is. Just right. have Newt Scamander going around getting creatures. That's really all you needed the whole time. Right. We didn't Lower need stakes. this Grindelwald BS. Yeah. 
but it, it's like a track. It's like we, we can't help ourselves. Right. Or studios or something can't help themselves. So that's all I'm thinking about going into this movie is it, it took, so that at a certain point it's like, okay, so it's about Donald Sutherland's character. Why do I care? Right. And again, didn't read the books, any of them. Well, and, and then this, the, so, so the book comes out and, and pretty in 2017, John Feltheimer, who is the CEO of Lionsgate, he's like, he wants to do spinoffs to Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but we're only going to go forward if, um, and he's talking about Twilight and Hunger Games. He's like, we'll only go forward if Stephanie Meyer and Suzanne Collins are behind us. They're not just going to like green light these and go. Okay. Um, and then in 2019, before the book comes out, they're like, we're going to adapt this. And then 2020, they're like, we are doing this for yeah. sure. So... Where's the where's the Twilight movie? You know, we had that book come out I, I written know. from Edward's perspective. I know. I would. I would. Is it? Why don't we have it? That makes I would no love sense. to see it in in a in a um you know like peeking between my fingers kind of way. I, know, I would like to. See I, I wonder if Stephanie Meyer was like expressive, expressly stated like I do not care. I do not want this. Or maybe they've been trying to adapt it and they just don't have like or a that, hook yet. That's you know? probably more that. Because, I mean, if you're a CEO and you're seeing how this year, like, Marvel is kind of cr- showing some cracks in its foundation mm-hmm. and people aren't, like, just showing up because of brand, like, mm-hmm. recognition, you're, you are thinking, like, okay, like, if we're going to make a Twilight movie, it has to be a good movie. We just can't, like... Yeah, franchise-wise. Yeah, yeah, it just can't be something we're going to just show up for no reason. Maybe the studios are so pissed that she just wrote the same novel. And they're like, we can't adapt this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that to say, this trailer comes out earlier this year. And I kind of, even more so than movies I want to see, I like to watch trailers to movies I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of fun to be like, oh boy, here we go. And whereas a movie I want to see, it's like, well, I already want to see it. I don't yeah, really you don't need, need to, to see be the sold. trailer. Yeah. So I watched a trailer for this fully expecting to guffaw and roll my eyes. And I was like... That's kind of interesting. Yeah. And there there were certain things that were said and certain things that, that were happening. And the actors that were in it, I was like, Peter Dinklage, Viola Davis? Like, this, they kind of got the some Viola heaters. Davis? Vi- Viola Davis? Oh, yeah. Uh, whoops. I think you've said that before. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those words that I just pronounce differently. Because <laughs> it is an instrument as well. Yeah. So I just say viola. Oh, is I, that how the instrument is pronounced? Viola. viola. Yeah, I think viola is the instrument. And then Viola. Have I ever heard anyone say her name besides what's said in my head? I, I no, I think you're right because I've heard other people oh, say okay. that. Um, unless it's just you, and we're stuck Uh-oh. in an <laughs> echo chamber. But you know, I, I'm just seeing this trailer, and I'm like, this is kind of interesting. Yeah. And 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 they're kind of setting up something that that has potential. Yeah. Especially when you're expecting to fully dislike something, and then you're seeing Jason Schwartzman, and it's like he kind of only does stuff that he wants to do. Yeah. He is like an indie darling. So the He's fact- a Coppola. He gets to pick and choose. Yeah. And it's like he, he that's not to say all of his work it's is good. always great. Yeah, yeah. But like it is a qualifier of like, well, there's probably artistic merit to this thing, even if I don't like it. Hmm. That's how, See, that's how me, I view him. Because I remember leading up to you like, but Jason Schwartzman's in it. And I'm just like, I don't care. I don't want to like this movie. Yeah. Admittedly, wanted to go into it being like, let me just sit through the slog when yeah. I could just be spending time with my baby. <laughs> right. I did right. not want to I did not care about this. And then we're we're coming up on it and 
it's like, yeah, with with the baby, we have to really set aside time. And we've had to catch up. So, like, we're, we're catching up slash also, like, we saw Marvels recently. Yeah. The Marvels. And it was like, yeah, it actually wasn't as bad as we thought, thankfully. Yeah. But it was still just like, eh, there were a lot of issues. There were a lot of cracks in that. Listen pavement. to last week's episode. Yeah. So and then it's like a week later and it's like, we got to do this again. Right, right. Yeah. And this one's an hour longer. Yeah, this movie's really long. Yeah. And so we start but then, watching. Wait, wait, but then. Okay, yeah. Leading up to it too, you had heard critically that it was getting some good buzz. I was doing some good buzz. And then also like, like I'm pretty sure the meta score for this is like 53 or something. Okay. Which is not the best, but I kind of thought. David Ehrlich, who is... 52. 52. Um, David Ehrlich, who is a critic I've mentioned many times on this podcast, would love someday to have him on. Um, I can just never find his email online. <laughs> um, he he can be, like, a lot harsher than I would be on a movie. Yeah. Particularly blockbusters. Which, you know what? Blockbusters, it's okay to be really harsh on them. I think like yeah. they kind of, they need to be really good. Yeah. And so he is the kind of guy that gave Endgame a movie that I think is pretty perfect. He gave it three and a half stars and was like, this is a good movie. It was good. And usually with Marvel, you know, he's doing like two stars or two and a half, you know, and I like a lot of the movies that he thinks are just okay. And so he puts out his review on Letterbox and IndieWire and he gives this movie three and a half stars. And I'm like, what? That's kind of bonkers. Yeah, out of five. Yeah, because this has like everything stacked against it. I look at his other Hunger Games things. I don't think he rated any of the other movies above two and a half stars. Oh, really? I'm like, okay. Yeah. And um, and then that kind of makes me think like him of all people. I'm like, if he thinks this is good, it's probably a pretty good movie. Yeah. So then we go to the movie and we're sitting there. And it's the kind of thing where I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, we got to see this. I'm almost embarrassed that we're at a Hunger Games movie. You know, it's like, why a? I'm an adult. I'm a big boy. I go to Spider-Man movies. We didn't read this book in high school. Yeah. We avoided it. And and as the minutes tick by, I'm like, I don't have any problems with this. Well, yeah. This is a pretty pretty good setup. Pretty early on, (laughs) it's like, this movie looks good. It looks really good. They're talking about some pretty interesting things. Yeah. Well, the Hunger Games aren't doing well, and they need to figure out how to make <laughs> right. them good. Yeah, you, you start, you start doing oh. less technical things, the and you start characters pretty <laughs> complicated. <laughs> yeah, you start out being like, ah, oh, this this looks pretty good. Ah, oh, this script is doing okay, and then you start being like, man, how's Lucy Gray gonna get out of this? I don't yeah. know what's you know. I genuinely don't know what's coming next. And uh, and the people uh, people sitting next to me were very heavily invested. Yeah, I will say. Um, although the girl was on her phone a few times. Yeah, I did I, see that. She will not go unnoticed with that. But um, yeah, there was a lot of oh, I, yeah, I heard that. A lot of just like really riveted. And I don't remember which point, but there was someone at one point sitting next to me who was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like during like a reveal of some sort, yeah. and I'm like, "Whoa, okay, he's really into this." And um. And then, what trailer that played that he he was like nah, oh nope. gosh, what was it? Was it Argyle? No, I think it was one before. It might have been the David Leach movie. No, it wasn't that. It, wasn't it that. was it was something like. Oh, I, it might have been Mean Girls. 
I think it I think was, it was mean, mean Girls, Girls and he's yeah. just chomping it, chomping on his popcorn. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Which I agree. Yeah. Uh, and that's no disrespect on the first. Even mean though Girls. it's a new twist from Tina Fey, the person who wrote the last movie. Um, yeah, I uh, Mean Girls, the original, awesome. Yeah. So don't get me confused there. Um, but yeah, pretty soon into this movie, I was pretty locked into it, and I never got off the train on this thing. I sort of did at a certain point, but Which, we will we'll get yeah. to it. But I this movie is better than all of the other ones, in I my think, opinion. I think like pretty exponentially, easily. I liked it so much more. I mean the the second movie um, is pretty good. It's been a while since we've seen them. Yeah, any of them, including the second one, and I I do remember that one being pretty crazy. But this one was like this one was really good. Th- there was like genuine like pathos to like yeah. the characters, and and by the end of it, I was like. This guy who is playing Snow is throwing heaters, man. <laughs> he is just like killing really it. Really good. And beca- because like of the. Like Star Maker performance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of the. St- and then when I was. I, I did a quick glance at his filmography last yeah. night. And it's like, oh, I think this will be huge for him. Based yeah, yeah. on what he's been in. He's been on some this. like indie hits, but that's about well, it. Also, but he's been in big things, but as like the boy, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, But what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Because of the nature of where the Hunger Games are at in this in the story it feels way more violent it really did than the other ones well and it didn't have like i felt like all of the other movies had had this element of like they would be really cool and really good and then there'd be like weird genetic dogs or yeah. something like and they do actually Which do sci-fi. that sci-fi yeah they do do something like that in this movie but in a way that felt far less um like world breaking sure because in the other movie, you know, remember there's like cat people that live in this world. Oh yeah, that and it was but, like, and, and what? The, I'm sure people who read the books, maybe even in the books, people don't like it. Yeah, but by the time we get to them in the movies, it's like you should have just completely cut out. Yeah, that whatever that's going on there. Right. Because it was so distracting and so dumb. Right. And an already bad movie. Yeah. Um, and this movie does something else, which hardly any prequel does. Uh. I pretty much forgot everything that happens in the other movies, and it did not limit my enjoyment of this movie at all. Not even close. You could see this movie and not have seen the other movies, and yeah. it works as a functioning movie, which yeah. is like, th- that's like the Star Wars problem. Yeah. Those movies would be like 60% better if it wasn't like, well, you have to have seen the other movies for a lot of this to make any sense at all. Yeah. So, uh, and I think the this biggest reason, <laughs> I think a huge reason is because there was a focus, and I'm sure the book's like this too, It's because like, it's about a character. Yeah. It's not about the Hunger Games. Well, and and they, they also did something, which is, I guess, it, no, it's not a spoiler, because if you've seen the other Hunger Games, you know. They did something that I was concerned about, which is an easy trap to fall in. You're making a prequel about a character who is, like, evil mm-hmm. later. But he's supposed to be our protagonist. Mm-hmm. So the temptation is, I think, anytime is to make that person a hero and a good guy. And then by the end of the movie, they either like, like just don't deal with that or they just like quickly make him bad for kind of no reason mm-hmm. to set up the mm-hmm. other movies. And in this movie, it was just like kind of a character study of like the moral grays of what is good and what's evil. And yeah. by the end, you're like, yeah, it doesn't seem like this is a different character than what he is in the movies later. Yeah. And so, that, like, I didn't 
I I kind of figured they wouldn't be able to do that, and they totally did. Yeah, they nailed it. They did a great job. So should we talk and this about this is a guy that oh. made the last three? Yeah. He made all but the original Hunger Games movie. Wow. Because those last two were so bad. Yeah, which that... we're gonna talk about. There's some stuff about yeah. that. Um sorry, but go ahead. Nope, that's it. Um speaking of though, that this is directed by Francis Lawrence, who did uh just to back up, the last he did, you know, mocking he did the three Hunger Games after Hunger Games one, and then he did mo- after that, he did Red Sparrow, and then he did a Netflix movie, Slumberland, and then he did this. Did so you watch Red Sparrow? I did not. It looked boring. It did look boring, and I think that's all I heard about it. Yeah. Uh, the screenplay is by Michael Leslie, who, get ready with IMDb, because I want to blow your mind a little bit. Um, he did, uh-oh. Um, oh, he's a playwright and screenwriter, and he did the Fastbender Macbeth. How do you spell Leslie? No, no, no I'm going to tell you something to look up. Oh. Uh, he did the Michael Fassbender Macbeth. He did the original screenplay on Assassin's Creed. And then he did a show called The Little Drummer Girl that I would like you to look up. And I just want you to read about it and react in real time to what this is. 2018 TV miniseries. Yeah. As a Palestine, pal, as a Palestinian assassin is targeting prominent Israelis, a young English actress is recruited by Mossad to infiltrate the assassin's terrorist cell, requiring all of her acting talents, but also putting her at considerable, considerable risk. Okay, so who's involved in the making of this? Who's involved? Park Chan Woo. <laughs> I knew you'd have it. Okay, he directed it. So are we watching this? Yeah. What's the rating on it? Actually, I, I, I don't 7. know. Seven point four. Okay, but yeah, it's got Florence Pugh and Alexander Skarsgård. Michael Shannon. Yeah, is that not kind of nuts? That is nuts. And he directed, I think, every episode of it. Oh, wow, so, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to catch that on Mike. Yeah. Uh, the other screenwriter on this movie is Michael Arndt, who we've talked about in Toy Story 3 and Force Awakens. And as a reminder, he got recognition when he wrote Little Miss Sunshine. The cinematography is Joe Williams, and he did uh, The uh, Hunger Games 2 and on, and he's been the cinematographer for Francis Lawrence. Great job, man. Um, yeah. The And I won't say what it is. But the last shot of the movie, when it was all you know, the music swelling and it's all building up, I was like, do it, do it, do it. And the oh, last shot, I was like, good. They did it. And I'll, oh, I, I'll, I don't remember, spo- but I, it's not a spoiler, but yeah, no, no, no. We'll, we'll save it, it for the spoiler section. But it was just like, end on it, end on it. Yeah. And they did. And it was like, awesome. Yeah. It was cool because I, I, it really felt like Francis, the director, like matured a lot. Yeah. Uh, because it still felt like the Hunger Games movie, but I just feel like this was shot so much more interestingly without like breaking the the language we already know from these movies. Yeah, I mean, for for blockbusters, I mean, I, it sucks because I think we've all kind of. Oh, I think we're now kind of pushing back as the general audience because the franchise is not doing as well. Yeah, but whenever there's like an interesting way something is shot, it's immediately like, oh, this movie's good. This movie's like right, really right, right. good. So like even the the scene when him and her are talking and she's in the the like oh, zoo the, exhibit. Yeah, that was so and weird. And the way that they shot it with, you know, the the bars are in the middle. Yeah. And her face and his face. It's like even that's so simple. Yeah. But it was like this is so interesting. It really really was. Yeah. Um and then the music is James Newton Howard, uh who we've talked about many times. Mm-hmm. Um and that felt 
great. I didn't realize he did the score, but the whole movie, I'm like, man, the score is really awesome. Good. And then when you find out it's him, it's like, oh, duh. Is he the one who did um, Unbreakable? Yeah. 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 He's a big M. Night guy, and and uh, he also did Dark Knight and Batman Begins with Hans Zimmer. Okay. Amongst many other scores. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, one of the household, household names. names. Yeah. Um, this movie has a $100 million budget. Which is great because we talked about this with Marvel. Their budgets are getting too big. A hundred million dollars—that's great. Yeah, they've. I think the movie, as of this recording, which is before opening weekend is over, worldwide, it's already made like ninety-eight million dollars. Awesome. So in like three weeks, this thing is profit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they shot most of this movie, if not all, in Poland and Berlin. Okay. Which I think gives it a really nice feel. Yeah. Um, and that's, then, yeah, that's interesting even thematically. Yeah. Um, then, uh, here's some stuff from, uh, some interviews with Francis Lawrence leading up to this movie. Um, he talks about how, um, when he w- was, a, you know, looking at the book, he's like, this is a big, it's like a 500 plus page book. I believe that. And he's Long like, movie. he's like the natural reaction is like, this should be split into two, but... Uh, He says this, what I realized in retrospect in regards to Mockingjay part one and part two, uh, and after hearing all the reactions and feeling the kind of wrath of fans, critics, and people at the split is that I realized it was frustrating, and I can understand that. Uh, He continued, in an episode of television, if you have a cliffhanger, you have to wait a week or you could just binge it, and then you can see the next episodes. But making people wait a year, I think, came across as disingenuous, even though it wasn't. Hmm. I would never let them split the book in two, said Lawrence of the new movie. It's a long book, but we got so much shit for splitting Mockingjay into two for fan- from fans, from critics, from everybody, that I was like, no way. I'll just make a longer movie. Well, good for you. So he just kind of took the stand. Yeah. Um, Mike is getting cussy on this episode. I know. I'll put a big E on this. I know, but I'm quoting, okay? Okay. <laughs> you Eden- did quote that other person, too. Eden Boys. Eden Boys, I'm still naive, sweet little Micah. Um, and then I, I wanted to point out this. Uh, music is a big part of this movie beyond the music of... There, there's in-world music. Mm-hmm. Um, and Diegetic? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But even so, it's like it's being performed. Yeah, it's and, part and, of the story. Yeah, and so we have uh, the music producer, nine-time Grammy Award-winning producer, Dave Cobb, uh, made the music for this movie. And he's worked with Sturgill Simpson and Brandy Carlisle, and he contributed to the Star is Born soundtrack as well. Uh, so he's very... Um, he, Good at his job? Yeah, yeah. And so there's this variety piece that I just saw. I found it extremely interesting. I think you will too, but I'm just going to read some of it. Um, so he was guided by the folksy mountain music one would expect from Appalachia, but Cobb wasn't allergic to more unconventional influences as well. There's a lot of the Smiths in there, he reveals. I figure by the time we got to the future, the characters probably heard this stuff. It's definitely a melting pot. We try to stick to those very traditional roots, but there's a lot of curveballs. Inspired by Alan Lomax, the late musician known for his field recording of music across Scotland and Ireland, Cobb's team recorded the film's music in a remote 250-year-old house located in Savannah, Georgia. We mic'd the walls, and obviously the wood sounds different because it's nearly petrified, he explains. I wanted to have this real authenticity to match the recordings we were influenced by, and you can feel that super southern dystopia. Cobb, who previously composed music for A Star is Born, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and Elvis, is eager to orchestrate another fictional environment next. 
If somebody says, write a song about yourself, I think that's incredibly constraining in a way, he explains. But it's like, go write a song about the future, futuristic dystopian Appalachia. This is fun. I can't <laughs> wait to do more of it. That's really my love right now. <laughs> nice. So I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. 30 minutes on the dot. And she's awake? Yeah. Okay, let me just finish this last thing, if we can. Um, I had no idea, because we haven't rewatched the movies in a long time, but the song, The Hanging Tree, is sung in Mockingjay Part 1. Yeah, I remember that. By Jennifer Lawrence. You don't um, remember that? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Let's get into the actors. Shoot. Um, actors. Yeah. <laughs> yes, actors. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I realized when I was looking at actors? What did you realize? I mean, it's been happening for a couple years now, but Micah. What? We're old. Okay. All these actors are younger than us these days. Are you serious? Yeah. And it, I wish that it didn't hurt as much as it did. Yeah. Because being younger, liking a movie, watching a movie, looking up people because you're interested in it and everything. And you see like, oh, they're 25. Oh, they're 30. Oh, they're 35. I, I'm not even close. To that. I got so far to go to get there. Yeah. But then you have people who were born in 2001. Oh. Even I, can I can I sidebar for a second yeah. now that you're mentioning this? Uh, for one, it was I always found it strange when I worked at Rogue Air Trampoline Park and I worked with people who didn't remember 9-11. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, I don't understand that. I still don't really get that, even though we're raising a child who is looking up intently and she should refusing be asleep. Refusing to sleep. Refusing. Uh so, um, then the other thing I want to say is, for those who don't know, my birthday is December 22nd, okay? And, uh, you know, you can, yeah, you're free to send stuff. You're free to sign up for Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash Micah McCoggin. Send Micah some aspirin. He's turning 30 and he feels it. Well, and here's the thing. I'm turning 30. And uh, so, I played a show with Jeremy Oliveira on November 3rd. And I haven't been playing a lot of live shit. Well, I've been trying to get back into live more, but, you know, it's it's still kind of tough to get out there. And um, we played this show. I played guitar for him. And the next day, I was so sore. Like, I could not believe how sore I was. And I was like, it happened. Like, I am 30 years old. You need to stretch before shows these days. I do a little bit. Oh. But maybe I should be even more intentional. Yeah. Um, and then, what was it today? We got our Costco membership. And we shopped for just a second. We were just picking up some baby wipes and going to the gas station and stuff. And when we checked out, we spent $100, and I was happy about it and kind of giddy. And I thought, I am so officially 30, it's sickening to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm handling it well, but I am a little bit like, this kind of sucks. Sucks. Mm-hmm. So if you could take over while I close this door, because Gilmore opened it, yeah. and I can hear the heater. I I agree with you, man. It does suck. Um, getting into some actors uh, to start us off. Uh, Rachel Zegler plays Lucy Gray Baird. Um, she born in two thousand one. You don't have to talk about her. What have we covered her in? Shazam: Fury ah. of the Gods earlier this year. Right. Cool. Tom Blythe plays Coriolanus Snow. I think we talked about this in the other Hunger Game movies, but. 
just knock it off with the names. I know. You, you've got you've got to knock it off with them. It's ridiculous. I I did. I think one of them is. I think some of the names are like Roman though, which is kind of interesting. But I I think it it's kind of weird to have Coriolanus Snow and then Lucy Gray. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like come on. Which I guess you know she's from District Twelve. They're from the Appalachian. It's just a little bit simpler over there. <laughs> but yeah, it, it knock it off. The one character's name is Sir James, and the whole time I thought they were saying or no, no, Sir Jameis. Yeah, Janus. And I thought Sir they were saying yeah. Sir Janus the whole movie until I saw it spelled, and I was like, I know, really? I know, that's me too. that guy's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gosh, um, Tom Blythe though he plays Coriolanus, uh, our main character. Um, he is in the show Billy the Kid. Oh, finally, they've made a show. <laughs> he is Billy the Kid. Okay. William H. Bonnie. Sorry. Um, that show is like this year. Okay. Or 2022 is when it started. So MGM Plus got him early. Um, he's also MGM in. Plus. It's on this. There's a, there is an MGM Plus. I don't even think I knew that. No one's watching it. Trust me. Uh, we gotta stop with having all these different streamers. Yeah. The streaming wars are over. Um, he's in the Gilded Age. The isn't that one of isn't that a sexy show? Isn't that one of those? It's or a Regency romance. I don't know right. if it's sexy. Isn't I'm that not what, watching isn't it. Isn't that what those mean though? Regency romance isn't that? No, like... it's just high. I mean, I don't know. I think Bridgerton's pretty sexy, but they're it's like high society Victorian area. Era. Okay, it doesn't have to be racy. I thought. I don't know. I, I, I don't thought... watch it. Why are you asking me? Well, I just thought like Bridgerton like was like racy. Well, apparently, I've, that's what I've heard about Bridgerton. I don't know about the Gilded Age, because I think Downton Abbey also falls under this, even though it's much later. Oh, okay. Is that Regency? I don't know. Don't care. Bored even thinking about it. Um, he's in <laughs> <laughs> Benediction, Robin Hood, the Russell Crowe one. Um, we all remember Ridley Scott's, uh, uh, you know, that. So he's been around for kind of a while-ish, but this totally is like breakout. Uh-huh. Okay, we've talked about Viola Davis. Yeah. Um, we also have Theo Fianula Flanagan, who plays the grandma. Okay. Um, Wait, so her you're not saying her character name? <laughs> Grandma'am is her character <laughs> no, name. No, but I mean, read her name that and tell me. That was her name, Fionnula. Yeah, that sounds like she is in The Hunger Games for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's in The Others. Uh, Waking Ned Devine, The Guard, Four Brothers. I don't know. Yeah, you remember when they had to wake Ned Devine? <laughs> um, Hunter Schaefer plays Tigress, his cousin. Yeah. She's in Euphoria. I think that's her big thing. Okay. Um, as well as Belle. Euphoria, me-phoria. <laughs> Euphoria, no-phoria. Um, I'm just kidding. I've heard it's a great show. <laughs> um. It doesn't seem like our cup of tea, though. It seems a little too I, I'm not, intense. I don't think I can emotionally handle what I've heard about that show. And and it also, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anything from it. But it seems like the kind of show that would maybe, like, I'd watch and I'd be like, can there be any lightness to this? You know? Yeah, that's how I feel, too. And, and I'm not a fan of things that are, like, only dark. And then not the, there's the bummer in life, bummer even when things are crazy. A, they're all children. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Not it, not something for me, and yeah. that's that's okay. Um, wow, never mind. Okay, so John Andres Rivera plays Sejanus. Uh huh. Um, he is in West Side Story. Yes. And I saw that him and Rachel Zegler are a couple. In real life. In real life. Oh, RL. 
Um, RL, yeah. He's also in Cat Person. Yeah. That's kind of it. Okay. Um, Who else is important? You haven't talked about... Peter Dinklage. A big one. Peter Dinklage? Jason Schwartzman. Have we talked about Peter Dinklage before? I We probably did an Infinity War. Oh, okay. I'll take that. Yeah. Um... Jason Schwartzman. You gotta take it. That's this is your guy. You're um, such a Schwartz head. Yeah, I love Jason Schwartzman. He's one of my faves. Some of the best hair in Hollywood. Great hair. He's got great hair. Yeah. He's got a great face. Um, he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, Rushmore. That's uh-huh. my fave, Wes Anderson. Um, he is a, a as mentioned before, a Coppola. Uh-huh. Married his mom is uh who we named well we didn't name talia after her but we saw her name roll across the credits on the godfather and we were like ah i like that a lot yeah um his mom is talia shire otherwise known as adrian from rocky yes sister of francis ford Um, oh yes yes and yeah he most recently was in this movie but uh, asteroid city he's a big wes anderson guy he's had a big year he's in bored to death the show where he stars in he has had a big year. Because he's in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, he is. Yes, and he, Good for him. he's in Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. He's in a really funny Tim and Eric bedtime stories. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> really just off-putting funny. Yeah. Which is all of bedtime stories. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah he's he's doing, he's having a great year. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be lucky to be him. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and imagine all that wine your grandpa would give you. <laughs> or your uncle, your yeah, uncle. uncle. Um, I don't. I that that's kind of like the heavy hitters. Yeah, no, that's don't great. Need to get into every like contestant. So let student. me hit you with this right off the bat. Yeah. Before we get into the plot, uh, the cast of this movie is so dialed into this movie, and it is like leaps and bounds better acting than the last movies. Mm-hmm. Because I when I pulled up a clip of her singing, um. Hanging tree, the hanging tree. I saw Liam Hemsworth, and I was like, "Oh yeah." Well, no one's convinced with him. No, I. But I'm saying like Josh Hutcherson is in this. Yeah. And Liam Hemsworth, like very YA, yeah, like heartthrob guy. Finger on the pulse when the movies came out. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Jennifer and Lawrence, sure, of course, is great. In yeah, them, and but, I wonder if if you have read the books, like. So with this one coming out, this one feels more mature, the book. Sure. Because the movie feels more mature yeah. than the other ones. But it's like they're still getting young young people. Yeah. But uh, it just felt like everyone was way more dialed in than the other movies. Like everyone was very sure of what they were trying to do and the tone of yeah. the movie. Um, and you so, didn't have kind of bad actors yeah. as the in it yeah so a question that you probably don't remember uh-huh. i just remember in the first movie so we have like jeffrey wright is in it and he's one of the people competing um was he just because this movie they're all kids uh-huh and it, i know in the other movies it is mostly kids but there are older is, people i think are it those is, people like did they offer themselves as tribute as well it, it is kids it's always kids but i don't know why jenna malone and jeffrey wright are in the ring well she would fall under that she's younger i guess yes, but yeah she is oh and there was an old person there too. was another there was an older woman too but i like thought it was always woman. about kids i thought that was I like feel the, like they were selected yeah i don't know maybe i i don't want to know don't tell me uh, yeah i just thought maybe in case you had remembered no maybe it is just 
random, but it feels, I mean, maybe, or maybe like that second game, they were like the, in the second movie catching mm-hmm. fire, maybe they're like, we're changing it. And everyone is up for grabs. Well, now. that's because that was all the winners in the second movie. Oh, that's Wasn't why it, it was the old people then. That's yeah, that's what it was. Oh, it's, I thought Jeffrey it, Wright was in the first movie. No. Oh, okay. No, yeah, you just you just answered it. Got it. Cool. Um, um, in this movie, one of the uh, contestants, what are they called? People who compete, um, is a girl that experiences Down syndrome. I'm gonna look her up. Uh huh. Um, she was incredible in it, and we were just talking about how the the character we we just we, there's not a lot of that kind of diversity re- represented in movies. Yeah, usually if there's someone who experiences a disability, it is played by an actor who does not experience a disability. Yeah. Um and might I add that Sofia Sanchez. Yes. Sofia Sanchez. Uh might I add that every uh, when rights are being dealt out to people who are a disparaged group of people, um, people who experience disabilities are always the last to experience them, even after like people of color and, and, and stuff like that, T- uh, typically historically. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I mean, even now you'll, you'll hear comments about, um, people who have these experiences that are like wildly inappropriate that, that people who aren't even that in touch wouldn't say about like a black person or something like that. About something like that person can't do that thing. Yeah, of or just who they are. Even just the way they phrase certain things. Yeah. It's like, whoa, you you don't realize it, but you definitely don't view them as like a complete person. Yeah. Um. So something I noticed, especially because I work in this field a little bit. Um. Well, I mean, I do. I just don't directly. Yeah. Anyway, I do billing stuff, but all of that to say, um, I just thought it was a really cool move. That she's in this movie, it's great representation, she does a great job, and then, I guess, <laughs> we'll go to spoiler alerts right now, Yeah. Uh, because... Spoiler alert! 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 basically at the movie, so... Yeah. She is killed unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, you know, you're like, oh man, that's terrible because your heart goes out to her. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, that's actually kind of cool representation because I think even five years ago, they would have really tugged on your heartstrings and manipulated you to feel a certain way about it. Um, and I just thought, like, that's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like when you watch a movie with like, an all black cast or, or close to it. And it's not about racism, mm-hmm. you know, where like those movies are good. I like those mm-hmm. movies and they should exist, but sometimes it's like, we kind of just need a movie. We need mo- like, if we want equality, sometimes we just need stories where it is just people of different ethnicities and all different types of people. And that's not like w- why they're, that's not the story. Or, yeah. That's not the story. They're just part of the story. Cause right. even in this movie, so in the movie, the, um, the, you have mentors, people are mentoring the contestants and even this is, they had another opportunity of yeah. her mentor complaining about her, her. like, yeah. why do I have to mentor her? She blah, blah, can't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, and instead of that, that scene when they're like, all the mentors are meeting with their people and th- there is a moment where like, we kind of overhear 
their conversation and the character Sophia Chan Sanchez, the actress, I can't, Oh, it's like Wovey or something. Yeah. All, she's talking like, well, I am a really good climber. Like she's talking about how good of a climber she is. Yeah. She isn't talking about what she can't do. Her mentor's not telling her what she can't do. It's just a simple, like she's talking about what she can do. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, like I said, I just feel like that could have been an opportunity to point, point something out. Yeah. And it just, so, it just wasn't, she was just, another actor in the movie, yeah. which I, I, I really appreciated, which I'm curious if in the, in the book, if that character experiences a disability or if they just, if did the, it the for movie. the movie that it's like, she, yeah, she auditioned and she was the best part for that role. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It is cooler. I, I, I think we're, we're, we are starting to get to a point with a lot of these bigger movies where it just is like, it's starting to feel even, even more and more normal. Yeah. That there's just like diverse casts. And you're hearing, I think you're hearing less and less people uh, erroneously yeah. and stupidly complaining about it. Yeah. Um, you know, like, again, I, I think to bring it back to last week's episode with the Marvels, you got Kamala Khan. She's like full of all these, she she ticks a lot of diverse check marks, but it's just like, that's just who she is as a character. It, it's not like. Doesn't define her character. Yeah. And she does, she has agency. And, and she's the best part of the movie. And she's the best part of the movie. And it, it just feels like, yeah, that's just who she is, uh, you know. Yeah. I don't know why you'd have a problem with it. Yeah. You know. So, yep. um, just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Um. So the movie begins. We're introduced. Well, there's. Eh, we don't have to go every scene here, but. Do you like how they split it up in parts and how they? I liked that. It felt kind of epic. Yeah. Um, it was sweet. Yeah. Part one, the mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, so we're introduced to Snow. I'm not going to try and say his name this whole episode because... Coriolanus. They <laughs> yeah. say it so much in the movie. I just was like, why isn't his name just Cornelius? Why does that have to be Cor- Coriolanus? Uh, so Snow, uh, and already I was like, this is pretty interesting. We see that he's living in the shadow of his father who died, the patriarch of the family, and they are like a family that should be of means, but they are struggling. And so, like, this is three years, sorry, three years before the first Hunger Games. No, it's the 10th one, I think. No, when they're children. Oh, I was just skipping that. Oh. Um, I, I think it, it's pretty important. Yeah, talk about it then. Then it, it's three years before the first Hunger Games. He's a child. He's with his cousin Tigress, who's also a child, and they're trying to find food. There's dead bodies all around. And they, this, they see this person that they're hiding from come up to one of the dead bodies and, like, hack off a limb. And Coriolanus is pretty gnarly, is, actually. Gnarly. And uh, Snow is like, why is he doing that? And she's like, well, he's starving. So it's showing. Yeah, it, it's showing the um, dystopian yeah. part where he came from. And it's this big city, big, big, tall buildings and everything. And it's all covered in snow. Snow. Uh-huh. Um, and he does go home and they find out his father's dead. And that, that's when they do start talking about him living in the shadow of his father. Yeah. And and it shows, you know, how far will you go when pushed comes to shove, which is like the theme of the movie. So uh, back to Snow is trying to pretend like he lives in his means. So like when he goes to school, he pretends that he, you know, ate like a huge meal. Mm-hmm. And he's also, like, sneaking food away and stuff like that. Well, actually, that's later. But Yes, but he does sneak food back for his family, um, where he lives with his grandma and his cousin. Um, and you do see early on, like, his cousin 
took his dress shirt and like made it better, like like hemmed it and or fixed it, created little buttons for it. Just like this is where they're at, where she's trying to be resourceful, and it's just all appearances that they're yeah, like that they belong in the capital. So already I was like pretty interesting, and and this this like I thought was smart because it both humanizes him, yeah, and. It's like, oh, he can still be evil at some point. This will work for his character. Yep. I was looking up the name Coriolanus. Okay. Because I was just got? curious. Well, it's a tragedy written by Shakespeare about uh, a Roman gen- general. Shakespeare, what a hack. Gaius Marcius Coriolanus. Um, he had, was very courageous during a Roman siege of the Volscian city of Corioli. Corioli. Okay. okay. But then he was exiled from Rome and led troops of Rome's enemy, the Volsei, to besiege the city. So sounds like kind of a gray area person. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then he goes to uh, school. And and it is, again, because there's all these, like, words. It's it's just kind of a little bit eye rolling. That's, like, kind of my only complaint about the movie, but it's really the world is, like, you know, they're in the future and stuff, and yet they're saying, like, let's get the Plinth Prize, and you're Coriolanus, and you're Sejanus, and there's going to be PETA later and stuff. And I'm like, okay, pump the I know. brakes here. The, the first part of the movie, I didn't understand a word that was being said. I was like, I am so lost. I guess, granted, I've not read the book, so I just don't know the vocabulary. And I was getting pretty annoyed, and I was like, this is a bad start. Yeah. Um, but then I immediately, I, I quickly got over it because it was just like, you didn't read the books. You don't know. And and not that you need to do homework or anything. Yeah. But um, but also I, I thought like, what is happening? Like, what's the important thing that's happening? We're seeing that Coriolanus is like barely, barely uh, class-wise belongs in this school. And all of these people are like super snooty and think that they're entitled to everything. When Coriolanus has literally had to like forage for food as a child. Yeah. And they're all talking about this Plinth prize and the next hunger games. It's like, Oh, I understand that. And that's all I need to know. Yeah. I don't need to like get mad over the vocabulary. And I, just for anyone who's wondering, I, I did not get confused during this scene. Not to say like I'm smarter and understood, but it's like, I, I don't feel like you have to have read the book. No, I don't think so either. And, and, I think that part of that was just me going into and not wanting to like this movie. Yeah. And by then I was already like, okay, this What's is kind of interesting. On? I know. Um, so it's like, they're like the 24 best students. Um, and they, okay. So the Plinth Pies, it sounds like it's about to be announced. Um, we get introduced to like, so James, whose dad like buys him everything, like buys him his diploma, buys him yada, yada. Well, he's the president. Oh, he, no, 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 he's not. Because the president is no his pres the president's son dies later and it's not Sejanus it's a different guy. What? His dad is just some like bigwig dude who's like works there or something. Oh, I did not because I other guy's not, not his brother. Okay, I don't even know what other guy you're talking about, but the guy I mean I don't know. Remember at during the Hunger, Ga- Hunger Games they do breaking news. Uh huh. The president's son Felix something something is dead. Oh okay. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So. But that confused me. That confused me. I think this, this guy's dad is like, you know, within favor of everybody and he has all this money. Yeah. Um, but uh, it sounds like Coriolanus is really in in line to get this Plinth Prize, which I think would give him some kind of free ride to this university. So then he can like slowly work in the government and one day like be president. That's like his aspirations and stuff. Um, 
But there is a twist to this plan. That's when Peter Dinklage is introduced. Um, he's like some morphine addicted professor or something. Um, his performance is bonkers bananas great, as usual. He just has such gravitas. We yeah. we turned I turned and said that and you said I was about to say that same thing. And that when I, when he came in the movie, I was like, okay, I'm I'm like locked into this movie. Yeah. Like he he just is so commanding and he's so he is an actor and I'd never noticed this before. But he is so he first of all, he's so like you're kind of on his side like even even when he plays like bad guys, you're just kind of like I just love watching this guy and I get where he's coming from. Yeah. Even like Elf, you kind of feel that way. <laughs> yeah. But he's really good at little mannerisms. Yeah. Like when he comes in, he It's he, all in the eyes. But he also like he like taps someone on the shoulder yeah, yeah, and the yeah. way he did it was just like he has complete control of this <laughs> yeah. room. I know. He's so he'd be I feel like he'd be a really interesting not that I have much experience with this, but he'd be an interesting person to see do like a you know, death of a salesman or, or something like, oh, yeah. like on Broadway. Oh my like, gosh. I feel like he'd yeah. be a very good Broadway actor Ugh. and probably is. Yeah, probably. Oh, he's, he's a national treasure. Yeah. Um, he's an international treasure. No, he's a universal treasure. He's right up there with Keanu. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is when we find out that the hunger games, which I don't think are called the hunger games yet, or are they? They are. Okay. So we're on the 10th one. Yeah. They are not doing well. Like, they're not getting the viewership that they want. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to come up with ideas to revamp it. Yeah. Um, so one of these ideas is um, these 24 top students are going to be a mentor of each contestant. Yeah. Of one of the contestants. Um, and whoever's contestant wins, they win the Plinth Prize. Yeah. Great. I well, they actually a- don't. They they specifically say even if you win, you might not get it. Oh, but, they do say that. Yeah. Okay. It's like, but that's they're like- going to take everything into consideration. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. 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 So that's their potentially their best shot. Yeah. Of getting it. And so, um, but but throughout the movie, you see that um, Peter Dinklage like really hates snow, and you don't really know why uh, until the end. And I just felt like that was like really good writing, especially yeah. when you like when it all comes together. You're like, oh yeah, that would make sense why you would try and stop this guy. Yeah. Um, it's like paying for your own sins in the past. Yeah. Um, which we'll talk about when we get there. Right, and we do find out early on that him and Snow's dad were like best friends. Yeah. So you do kind of think like, well, why wouldn't he be friendlier to him? Yeah. And favor him and maybe help him. And and he seems to like want the games to be over, and he's like depressed. Yeah. Uh, and then um, the the Sejanus yeah. guy is also like, this is the worst thing in the world. This is terrible. Yeah, he's definitely like, as you know, kind of classic young adult growing up and his eyes are starting to open to see what is actually going on. Yeah. And not just being clouded by like this game that's supposed that's always been fun for him and his class. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, no, this is affecting real people. Yeah. And but like, he's also like upper crust of the upper crust. So yeah. it's like he doesn't really get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they like dole out who the mentors will be to which contestant. Yep. And it is it is just movie thing. That's funny. Is like each person that they bring up, they're like this person on the screen and they wave. Then it goes directly to the next person. And then for some reason, Rachel Zegler, they're like this person gets it. And the camera just stays there. 
and she like walks up and gets all the way up there and has this big That's show. It's a movie and they know that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Zegler gets chosen and she um, sings this like spiritual hymn. After putting a snake in a girl's dress. Yes. Um, and when she sang, I was kind of like, you know, like you said, unless you're watching a musical, sometimes when people sing, you almost like feel embarrassed mm-hmm. when you're watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, I mean, she's an insane singer. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Listen to our Pitch Perfect episodes. Right. <laughs> but it's just like, okay, what are, what are we doing here? But then you think like music and song are part of revolutions. This isn't actually that weird of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like, okay, let's just see where this goes. Um and then, you know, of course, Snow is matched up with her, Lucy Gray. Mm-hmm. District 12, the worst, the lowest of the low. Yeah. And so then he goes and meets her at the train station. I like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, well, so, but I, when does he get this idea? Oh, he gets it from his cousin. So, like, this, all this stuff happens. He goes home and he's like, oh, this is so frustrating. I thought I was going to get the Plinth Prize today, but I have to mentor this low life. Uh-huh. And his cousin's like, well, think about, like she's like all i like you got to think about how scared she is and how she can't trust anybody the best thing you can do as a mentor is convince her that she can trust you yeah have a relationship with this person um so once again this is cool because you're you're kind of setting up like i see them setting up a heroic arc for him yes and i'm like uh oh yeah but they they take it in the right direction of the manipulation kind of thing yeah but kind of not, you know, it, they make it a gray area, which I think yeah. is the strength of this movie. I agree. So, yeah, he meets her at the train. Of course, no other mentors would even dream of doing this. Yeah. Especially because we see, as we see the other contestants, too, they're all very angry. Mm-hmm. Of course they would be. They have just been chosen to fight to the freaking death. They have right. to kill. They're innocent and they have to kill other innocent people yeah. for absolutely no reason other than the enjoyment of people who are ru- ruining their lives. Um, so oh he, my gosh, she, the binky fell out and she picked it up and did put it back in her mouth. Wow, that is kind of crazy, folks. She was supposed to be asleep over an hour ago now, and she's really get she's, she's so she's fussy. laying down the law with us. <sighs> I'm, I'm like, it almost, I mean, at some point, maybe we should try and feed and then try and put her down again. Yeah, anyway, are you checking? You're where can I leave this in? Sure, I don't care. <laughs> um, so he yeah, he meets her at the train and goes with them to like the zoo. Yeah, they're literally keeping them in a zoo. Um, That's where we meet Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, I like that they met, they talk about how her colorful dress. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I think that if they'd never really talked about something like why it's colorful. Oh, it that'd be really me. weird. Yeah, because um, everyone else is so dingy. For the well, most everyone yeah. else is like just so dingy, and. She she talks about how she comes from it's called a covey of people who would go around traveling singing. Yeah. Um, but they were like that that was long ago. Now, you know, now they're just part of District Twelve. Um, and being colorful and vibrant and musical is like part of her culture. Yeah. Um, nice touch. Yeah. So just traveling um Wilburys, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's this there's this whole thing about like trusting each other and they're not sure how to trust each other um and she's of course suspicious of him but then the next day snow is in trouble because he was not supposed to do all of this Mm -hmm. but then the game master played by viola davis viola davis viola davis uh 
by Davis, Miss Davis, mm-hmm. uh, she's like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Sometimes in a movie, no matter how serious, you need a little bit of cheese on your cheeseburger. You know what I'm saying? We already have that with Schwartzman in this movie. That's true. But sometimes you need like we do, this a movie, little secret sauce I guess this on your burger. Demands a little bit of a Mad Hatter. Yeah. And I think she knocks it out of the park. It is so fun seeing her kind of mad scientist, or definitely mad scientist, not kind of. And she's a little kooky. Mm-hmm. But 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 I do like that she plays it straight and true to her character, and there's not a wink at the camera. Yeah. It's like she's just kind of nuts. Yeah. Uh, so she creates the games. Yeah. And she's just like, Snow, I think you kind of are getting into something. I want like a 24-page report on how we can make the games better because you just upped our viewership. Yeah. And so all of that, I'm like, okay, again, this movie's getting me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happens? Well, we can go to that part. What happens in between that and like what happens at night? Well, well, then like the next day, there like everyone goes and meets them at the zoo. Yeah, the other mentors are like, I guess he's got something there. I, you know, I I want to win, so I'm gonna follow what he did. Um, so he does go back with food for Lucy Gray and Jessup. Yeah, her, her counterpart from District Twelve. Yeah. Um, before that, he has a conversation conversation with Sejanus. Um, it's established early on that people are like, "Oh, Coriolanus, you're you're friends with Sejanus." Oh, uh, uh, uh. and Snow <laughs> is like, "No, we're not friends. We're just acquaintances. I'm just trying to be friendly with everyone and kiss everyone's butt for my yeah. own butt." Um, and then you start kind of seeing Sejanus just question everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, takes food to them. Other mentors are there. Um, one's like taunting hers and she gets killed. Yeah. She's taunting hers with like water. (laughs) This is so graphic. It's crazy, crazy crazy graphic. And then also just like such a great illustration of showing like where we're at in this series, I guess, you know, prequel wise. Um, I think there's, by the time we get to the hunger games, Jennifer Lawrence ones, like there's still that element, obviously of you are lesser than, Uh um, but this was just so interesting that like, obviously she sees this person as an animal. Yeah. And this person kills her. This contestant kills her mentor. And then that person gets shot. Um, That was really shocking to me because I wasn't expecting, one, for someone like of this class to be murdered. But then also like, oh, a contestant just got killed. Right. What does that mean for the games? Yeah. And then before we even get to the games, like four other people die. Yeah. Who are supposed to be in it. And it it was just so shocking. Yeah, it really was. And then... Pretty much we get to the game or we get to like the the like where the mentors are meeting with them, right? Yeah, mentors are meeting with them. They they get like 15 minutes to look around the arena, you know, create a so strategy. Snow is basically like we need to make this a media circus mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Like we need to create like storylines mm-hmm. so that people will be engaged. He's telling her, he keeps telling her, like, you got to sing, you got to sing, you got to sing. Yeah. That's the and, best thing she can do. And the game master's like, oh, yeah. And P- Peter Dinklage is like, oh, no. So he's very anti that. Yeah. She's very pro it, so she's pushing these things forward. And everyone's trying to create their narrative why these people are are worth following and wanting to win and getting donations and stuff like that. And so this is pretty cool because it's, you know, it's this is like kind of a real-world application. Yeah. You know, taking the news or taking people's lives 
creating a media circus out of it mm-hmm. and ruining them all for the sake of profit or yeah. control. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it's control. Yeah. Um, so she, so there, everyone's looking around the arena. Um, and she, <laughs> she says to him, like, please don't let me die. She is like so scared and yeah. pleading with him. And then out of nowhere, there's a huge explode, several explosions. And the arena is being bombed by rebels. And, and, and here was what was great about this. First of all, it was shot really cool. Yes, it was. I actually think the CGI uh, uh, of the bombing. No, uh, uh, in the whole movie, like the integration of CGI, except yeah. for like two shots. Yeah, I thought was like really good. Yeah, because it was so a lot of practical stuff. Yeah. Um, there was just a there was just a dying rat that looked really bad. That was kind oh, of yeah, the only thing bad. I remember. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it, I, it feels like they do that on purpose. Why? Pita wise. Oh, <laughs> it, it's just, it was just nice because uh, a lot of blockbusters to this level with this amount of budget usually have some pretty wonky stuff, including the other four Hunger Games movies. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, this was nice. Um, but What's yeah, this bombing thing? happens. Oh, I just feel like there was two shots. I don't remember oh, what the okay. other one was. But you thought the drones were fine? I thought the drones were fine, okay. yeah. Um, but the, this, this bombing happens, and when it happens, my first thought, not trusting the movie, is like, oh, uh, if if the games did this, this makes no sense. Why would they do that? Before the games have even started, but it's like some twisted, like... Yeah, and it's like oh, you're killing... Oh, making the mentors, like, participate? Yeah, and I'm like, what is this? And then when they're like, rebels attacked it, I'm like, oh, that's such a great... I love that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, so it completely wrecks the arena, and like I said, I think like four other contestants die. Um, and Snow gets injured, but he is saved by Lucy Gray. Um, but she could have run, but she saved him. Yeah. And it was just, I was, you know, no, no expectations for this movie when they were like, okay, we're still going to have the games and you guys have to compete in the arena that was bombed. And it's like, you're not, you're just going to keep it that way. (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then they, you know, he like checks out the game before. And finds some stuff and gives her advice and gives and, her rat poison. Yeah, gives her rat poison. All right, so the Hunger Games begin, the 10th annual. And uh, first of all, just again, special shout out, Jason Schwartzman during all of this does, he really threads the needle nicely of some comedic stuff, but not being too over the top, which Stanley Tucci does in the others very so well. So he is the first host. This is like the first time they're really doing like a big hubble so, hubba- yeah. baloo about it. Um, but yeah, the game start and he told Snow told Lucy to just go to this like tunnel that's been formed. Yeah. And so he heads there and, uh, or I mean, I mean, he says, forget about the weapons. Don't worry about the weapons. And then she says that she has to worry about Jessup though. And he's like, don't worry. Don't even worry about him. Which at this point we've been seeing that he's been deteriorating. He obviously, he has rabies. Yeah. And he's, is it true that you're afraid of water if you've. Mm -hmm. That's true. They cover it in Seinfeld, Micah. It, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, I didn't know that, and I was like... But yeah, it is. It, it's a weird... I don't know. Yeah. That okay. is true. Um, so they're doing the game. I mean, how how much do we want to explain the Hunger Game? Well, like we had mentioned before, for some reason, it's been a while since I've seen the other movies, but this one felt more violent. I know that the other movies are fairly violent. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about maybe like... They're all kids. 
I mean, but that's we're what they're in the others. I know, but, but we're like, and we're like seeing them like stab each other. It just felt like there was like a. I think it's because brutality, we're, even in the way it was shot, that wasn't there in the previous movies. I think it's scary too because there is a gang forming formed. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then you have children, like children, children, and then you have like this one girl that was like crying the whole t- has been crying the whole time. Yeah, and then you have another girl that has an illness, like yeah. is has tuberculosis or something like coughing and stuff yeah and so it's just you see you see i don't know it's just really sad i guess you know what it also is though because i'm remembering in hunger games one how there's also like a a group of kids a gang yeah um but they're a little like disney channel bullies okay you know that that feeling and in this movie it felt like it felt like the actors again it just felt like all the actors were like way above yeah the, the the weight class of like the previous movies yeah i guess i yeah i would agree with that so i i think that makes it yeah a little bit more oh, man the part so brutal she does get jessup and they go down to into the tunnels yeah. and then they go to this door and they like crawl through a little crate not a crate an opening in the door and this one girl's trying to get after them and of yeah. course now that the baby's gone we have gilmore with his toy um <sighs> But the girl is is halfway in the door trying to get them. And the baby's still here. She's just asleep. Yeah. The baby's not gone. finally got her down, guys. You you said, now that the baby's gone? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so she's trying to get them, but she's like stuck in the opening. Yeah. And she just lets out a blood-curdling scream because she was stabbed on the other side. And that was like awful. Yeah. Well, um, and like and like the the capital people like they strung up someone before the game started, which also felt away. like yeah, pretty gnarly. And it felt like, and I might be missed. I might get this wrong, but it sounds like so that was Sejanus's kid person, and it sound it felt like he had a relationship with that person. So that kid, I think, was yeah. like from District Two. They were like friends when they were kids. I think that like Sejanus is from District Two or something, and maybe yeah. their family like rose to the capital. So yeah, it's like this is because I know that they said that his dad bought, like he bribed someone for him to get that person. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's like now it's it's personal. Yeah. For him. Um so and he yeah. has that great freak out. I mean, this this guy's definitely an actor to watch because he's amazing in West Side Story as well. Um who was he in West Side Story? He, he's part of um that one guy's like crew. Um Yeah, I don't it's the Jets and the sh- what Sharks? Is the Shark right? I think he's part of the Sharks. Yeah. Um because when you're a jet, you're the jet all the way. Yeah, he's not a jet. He's a shark. You're supposed to snap when you say it. <laughs> when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Um, but yeah, he was like crazy good in that movie. And in yeah. this movie, like that scene where he his guy dies and they're at like the control panel and he throws his chair and he's like, this is wrong. And like yeah. screams. I was like, that's that's good. I like this guy. <laughs> good job, guy. So Jane is. So, Sir Jane is. <laughs> um, and, and then throughout the movie, he just kept on being like, he, he, he gave me... Uh, a, a Vincent D'Onofrio vibe. Whoa, that is crazy! Okay. That how true you are about Thank that. Goodness. Are you just not realizing that, or do you think? I about thought that? that during the movie. That's that's. I I actually on. was like, because I I forgot that's he was better in... than what you said. What else <laughs> wait, you said wait, during wait, the wait. movie? <laughs> I I thought like I thought for sure the movie is gonna roll credits and his last name was gonna be D'Onofrio. Oh really? Because he looks a lot like. It does kind of look like him. No 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 no
Someone out there, it's probably going to be Dominic, is going to be like, I agree with Micah. The guy who plays Corneal Cornhole um, Snow. It's like, what was the, oh, it's last week's episode where we kept calling the main bad guy, like Dilbert or something. (laughs) Um, Coriolanus. Coriolanus. He, Micah turns to me and he's like, Hugh Jackman. And I'm like, what? Yes. No. And I was like, to me, I was like, he's got like a Tom Felton vibe going on. No. He's like a rich man's Tom Felton. So so the whole movie. And then you said Chris Martin and Hugh Jackman had a baby. And I was like, fine, I'll give you that. Yeah. So I was just, I I would say, I'd go so far as to say when the movie was going, I was, I was, the the Vincent D'Onofrio one, I was like, Have you seen a picture of Hugh Jackman? I'm looking, I'm looking up a picture of Hugh Jackman. All right, I, what's this guy's name though? Like, is it Timothy Bl- Blythe or? Oh, Tom Blythe. Okay. Tom Blythe. Uh, okay. Well, this this picture of him uh, on his Wikipedia. They always find the only most unflattering per- picture for everyone. Yeah, he's got the nose and the eyes. He's got the nose and the eyes. No. Uh, let me just see if I can. It's a no for me. I I I just I just thought to myself, you know what? This guy's gonna, he's probably gonna be cast as Wolverine if they want a young Wolverine. So, he looks nothing like him. He looks like him. It, I'm talking a son. He doesn't look like he is Hugh Jackman. He looks like Hugh Jackman's son. And I thought this is probably in the right age range. And I thought for sure the movie's gonna end and it was gonna say blank like, Jackman. This is so off topic. I'm sorry. Can you give me that? I'm gonna blow past it. Ah. I did see that. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but they were able to promote this movie during the strike. Oh, they were. Because something about Lionsgate doesn't fall under a certain thing. Really? Okay. Let me let me find the thing that I saw. But okay. yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting, and I wonder how much of that is helping this movie. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, when he but when he did get his head shaved later in the movie, he does look a lot like Chris Martin. He looked a lot like Chris Martin. Jordan. Okay. She's just blowing past it. But she's furrowed brow, but she's not saying it out loud, know, which makes the this editing This is talking difficult. about them pushing Dune Part 2, and there were concerns that this movie would be pushed because uh-huh. of the strike, but Lionsgate was like, no, we do not want to push this movie. But then... Okay. Oh, here Come we on, go. I don't want to edit. Um, On October 30th, the film was given an interim agreement so that actors could promote it during the strike since Lionsgate is not a part of the AMPTP. Oh, okay. So well, I, I think, I think kind of like a 24. They yeah, were like, yeah. we agree to all your terms. Yeah. Okay. That's my guess. Right. I think so. Well, it sounds like they're just not a part of that producing. But place, like, though, th- it's so. also said interim agreement. So I'm just wondering if it's also like, we agree to this also. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Cause the strike is technically not over still. Right. I don't think so. They like, I had think the... they're really close. Right. Yeah. Um, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, it's done. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's why they pushed Although Dune. I think it is over, isn't it? Well, they, they, like, agreed, but it hadn't been, like, voted on yet. And then I don't know if the vote went through yet. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't heard anything. But... But I've been seeing a ton of people, sh- like, I think it is over, though, because a lot of, like, actors and people that I follow are, sh- like, like You're right. dumping photos Yeah, from they're like, this is set. what I did the last six months. Yeah, that I couldn't share. Yeah, and like the Marvels on Friday, I remember like she posted Brie Larson was like, oh, go see the movie. Here's a picture of me in the suit, you know. Um, 
Yeah, and they got like Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson into like a late show like that Friday. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So this movie, um, so yeah, there. Um, <laughs> Lucy Gray and Jessup are hiding underground while yep. the gang leaves to go try and hunt down more kids. Um, during that time, is it Viola Davis gets Cornelius? Cor- <laughs> I gotta start saying snow. Just snow, gets yeah. snow to like come with her to, or he's like summoned to her chamber. Or whatever. Her chamber. Oh no, no, that was earlier. Because that's when we're first. Intru- this is before the games, but remember he has like that partner that's like I'm taking credit for everything that you wrote, and yeah, that's when we are introduced to those snakes, and. So on and so forth, we see, like, it, that establishes that Viola, like, really likes snow. Yeah, and not just the weather. Um, but it, when they introduced these snakes, which you'd seen in the trailers, of course, um, and earlier in the movie, uh, Lucy had said that she sang to a snake. I thought this could be really bad, because this movie has a this, like, amount of realism that feels really good. And if there's a scene where all these snakes, which you'd already seen in the trailer, the snakes go all over. So it's like they're gonna go all over, and she's gonna sing like Snow White and like save all the snakes. That's from funny. Her. She is Snow White, right? Um, Did you know that? Yes. When you made that joke, okay. Uh, but also, it just reminds me of Snow White. You know, sings yeah. with the animals. Um, and so that's actually of all the things that they've done. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense having her as Snow White. That really tracks. Don't care. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna probably be a washed out movie. You can't see like all the other ones. Um, so. I'm I'm thinking that, and then if we uh, we can jump around a little bit, you know, yeah. you have standard the Hunger Games Hunger Game, except it's more tense and better. Um, but when those snakes come down, Snow had planted like her scent with the snakes, which they establish in the scene we we're just talking about. That if they have the scent, they won't attack. Mm-hmm. And then she still does sing, mm-hmm. and so there's like this legendary element to it, which feels very like folklorish. Yeah, and it feels cool. But you have like the rational side that's like it's actually because he put that handkerchief in there with yep. her scent. Yep. And I was like, that is cool. You have your cake and you're eating it as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So I love that because I just saw them plant that, you know, and yep. within the first like half hour, and I was like, that's gonna be I know a bad. It's gonna scene. be it's gonna be a demarcation in the movie. Yeah, but it really worked. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Um. So he's she, trying to help her. He's trying to get the sponsors you, to you send can, stuff. Because and, of sponsorship, you can send things to your contestants. Um, it was like a new feature. Um, and it, it gets people more invested because they're paying for it now. Yeah. Um, and so people... Okay, so Lucy Gray and Jessup get back to the surface. Don't remember why, but they get back to the surface. Um, he is going crazy, crazy on rabies is going to try and kill her. Yeah, yeah. Slips, falls, dies. Yeah. Cause they make a drone come and hit him with water. Yeah. So then the gang finds her and starts track, like chasing her down to kill her. Um, she hides an event. Oh, no, before that she puts rat poison in water. Yeah. Try to get the kids to drink it. Of course, sadly the girl with like tuberculosis drinks it and dies. Um, so, uh, and then this is, well, the, I okay. like that they took the time. So they have that other guy, don't know what his what district he was from but he wore like the kind like had the flowers on his shirt and he pulled the flag off and covered the bodies in it oh yeah yeah, yeah. i like that they took the time to do that with his character oh yeah that was any character because 
It's we, like we his revolt really, against the capital, and yeah. it's like I don't care what's. We don't really here. like get to see much. We don't get to know the contestants very much because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's but about, I do it's think about snow. They established that guy is like kind. Of, I, I thought that guy was gonna have more of an intense part to play, like being ruthless. Uh huh. But he is just like this is all wrong, and I'm not gonna participate. Yeah. So you have these dead bodies skewed around, including the girl from his district who just died. And he lines them all up, all the bodies so far pulls off the flag and covers the bodies. And pulling off the flag would be like, you know, ripping, ripping down the American, the American flag, flag yeah. and letting it touch the ground, which apparently is a crime or something. I don't think you can, I don't think it's actually a crime. Okay. But it's like, I bad. mean, you can burn a flag if you want free speech. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no like law against it, but, but it's, you know, it's really bad. Yeah. I mean, um, your neighbors aren't going to be happy. Yeah not the wisest thing to do but. so that's what he he does covers the bodies and is like like you said revolting like are you watching now yeah um although actually i mean maybe it's one of those things like you're not allowed to like destroy currency where it's like you could and you're not going to get in trouble like no one's going to find out but like if you were filmed like destroying currency maybe you would get fined or something mm, yeah maybe maybe it is something like that i don't know i don't know I don't advise you to burn the American flag, okay? Yeah, or any not flag what we're for that talking matter. About. Um, but she uh, is an event, Lucy Gray, and she gets more rat poison into another kid. Yeah. And then she falls out of the vent, so on and so forth. Um, so what's what's cool about this is you're seeing how uh, how morally gray all of this is because she's not... How Lucy she, Gray all of this is. Yeah, she's not trying to kill anyone, but she winds up like inadvertently killing the girl who has tuberculosis and she feels really bad about that. And then snow will go on to kill several people. Oh, we missed and, this part. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. He sneaks in to help. Sejanus. Yep. Uh, when the feed is down, cause he's, he's upset about two dying. And so he, he has to convince him to get out of there before the media finds out. I like that. Snow was threatened to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like he's he didn't saving choose his to. friend. Yeah, it, he didn't choose to. This is that heroic thing that, yeah. they, that they did so well. Yeah. And so then he winds up killing a contestant, and no one the next day no one knows why it happened. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I was forced to do it, which mm -hmm. in a way he kind of was. Yeah. But like then his life or his life. Yeah, it's like, it's like, and this is much like the, the rat poison thing where you're like, yeah, you're... You know, you kind of were forced to do that, but you also could have maybe figured something else out. Like, yeah. it, it's that moral gray. And and it's cool to see their reactions where she's haunted by it, and he's convinced himself, like, it was just something I had to do. Yeah. That's too bad. It was collateral. Collateral, yeah. Directed by Michael Mann. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, at, at some point, the games are just not going the way that the game leader wants it to go. He's uh, Snow has been informed that he will not be receiving the plinth prize because even though his contestant won. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is like, I don't. I'm no, no. He says it before. He's like, You're right. I'm not gonna let you have it. Yeah. And uh, and then he's like, so see how much you care about her now, which yep. I love that. Love that. And then they drop the snakes in. She sings, and the snakes know her scent, gets out. And but then. Uh, Viola Davis isn't going to do anything about it. She she wants well. So this is after the president's son is killed or, or dies uh -huh. from as a result of that rebel attack. Um, so she's like, I all of them are going to die now. There will be no winner as a punishment for all these districts and the rebels. Yeah. Um. So she's the last person standing, and she's not going to do anything about it. Let her die. But yeah. she's also really confused. Why isn't she dying? Being yeah. killed by the snakes. And, um, and and I do love that it because it feels like oh he does care 
beyond just his own personal gain. Because but this is showing the the pathos that has been added to the Hunger Games that has been lacking. Yeah, there are people finally rooting for the contestants, which it feels like before then no, like there wasn't really much of a having a favorite. Uh huh. So he's well, like pleading with her. Isn't that kind of the whole thing? No, but it's just not. I don't. They to me they establish it in a way that they have that hasn't been done before. Yes, yes, I agree. Like, with of that, course yeah. you have favorites, but now you can like be a sponsor and directly affect what's happening. Yeah, and choose your favorite by paying money for it or be like watching it. Like more people are watching it, so more people care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they can do that in all the other ones, though. They made it sound like this is the first. Oh, oh, you're you're comparing it to the first nine. I thought you were talking about the yes, Hunger yeah. Games movies. No, I'm talking and I was about. Like, I think they no, established no, no. in this. I'm and talking they... about the first okay, nine. I, I got you. Yeah. So he's like pleading, like, end the game. She won. And then the, everyone around him starts chanting, like, yeah, stop the games. So at this point, he does seem kind of heroic. And then they. And I bet he would think he's heroic. Yes. yes. That's the, an important that's note. Really important. This movie's really good. It, uh, I, uh, yeah. I hope it continues to do well because. It is kind of sweet, again, with this year that, like, the box office movies that are doing well are not just like, hey, bl- go see Blue Beetle, go see The Flash. It's like, it has to be good. Yeah. It has to be good. And I, w- I haven't watched The Blue Beetle, so maybe it's good. But, um, all of that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, so, like, anyway. Yeah. So she wins, and he's, like, taken to this room where he's like, oh, I get to beat, you know, she won, and we get to be together, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. She's not there. It's just Dinklage. And he's like, we know that you cheated. And, and he has the compact and the handkerchief Yeah, that they found. We know that you cheated. So you're going to be punished by being uh, basically for the rest of your Sumerily days. Summarily executed. No. <laughs> for the rest of your days, you're just going to be a, a an army Peace brat. Keeper. Peacekeeper. Um, and you're going to be... So you're, you're, it, all your life dream goals are gone. No more. Um, so he is going to be sent to a random district. Yeah. And then he's like, send me to district 12. And this is cause we, I don't remember what this, uh, yeah, this one was called the peacekeeper, right? Cause Probably, it was the mentor remember. part one. I don't remember what part two was called. Probably and, the games, the hunger games. Yeah. It might've been. And then it, the, let's say the peacekeeper. Yeah. And here's what is cool that I'm already seeing a, a, a couple people with, with you. And then someone I follow in letterbox. So I'm like, okay, this might be a, a consensus about the movie is the movie kind of screeches to a halt and does like movie two. Yeah. And here's what I think. This is just my little, I'll present this. Then you can say what you'd like to say. I think this is a little bit brilliant. Uh, it is, does make the movie feel longer and it is like an hour more of the movie, but the previous movies, except for part one and part two of mocking Jay, like the climax is the hunger games. Mm-hmm. And so as we're getting toward the end of the Hunger Games, you're feeling like, okay, the movie is ending. Mm-hmm. And this is the big climax. And then there's an entire hour left, mm-hmm. an entire third of this movie to go. And I just think that that was kind of brilliant for expectations, mm-hmm. for one. And then I think it just really takes the character arcs all the way home mm-hmm. instead of trying to wrap them in a neat bow with the, with yep. the uh, climax of the story. Yep. So I actually... I really liked the last third of this movie. I ultimately believe or, or agree with you. Ultimately agree with you. Uh-huh. Because uh, at a certain point in this movie, I had to pee really bad. Uh, yeah. And I was just like, how much longer do we have? It, it must be over You didn't soon. have to pee during Killers of the Flower Moon, but this it, one. <laughs> but this one got me. Um, and 
but yeah, so I, I, I do agree with you because I, I originally was like, man, this is just part is way too long. It's always, it's always tough to like have two stories in one story yeah. because no matter what you have your, you know, rising action, climax, falling action, denouement, and then you have to do it kind of all over again. Right. And that's always tough, uh, stamina wise for your audience. Yep. Um, the important thing though, like if you haven't seen this movie yet and it's crazy that you're still listening to this podcast and getting all these spoilers, <laughs> yeah. um, remember though that this movie is about a character or if you watched the movie right. and you were like, I did think that last part was way too long. Remember that it's not about the hunger games. It's exactly. about snow. Yep. So once and, and Lucy and Lucy. Yeah. Um, but after this movie was over, that's when I kind of realized it for myself yeah. and was like, okay, I'm okay with it. Ultimately. I do still think it was a little too long. In sure, my opinion, sure. I think in terms of like, if we're going to look at it, acts, which it is three acts, they split up into three parts. Yeah. I think it should be kind of your classic. This last act is the shortest one. Right. It's, and this was like maybe a, a, as long or longer than one this, or even two of them. Yes. So it it really does like come down and then like restart. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I just really, I, I just was really like on board with it. Yeah. Um, but it was I, great, even if though I felt it was too long. I did look at my watch a few times though, and I was like, "Huh, like I think there's like a lot of this movie." Left. Yeah, I turned to you. I was like, "What do we got? Like two hours left?" <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Oh no, we got like what thirty minutes?" You look at your watch. You're like, "Oh, I don't. I don't think we got an hour left." Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested if anyone like clocked it, like maybe online someone yeah. marked it or something by now, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a long section of the movie. It was. But it's it's really essential. And and it, it prevents it from being, okay, over the next two years, you're going to have four hours of this story. Yeah. And it's split up and feels disjointed. Yep. So I, th- I think it was totally That was because right at a certain point, because I knew you had told me. What Francis said? Yeah, beforehand. Yeah. But I had forgotten, I think, by the time we watched this movie. So I don't remember at which part, but I thought shouldn't this be two parts? Yeah. And then though, as the, as it's all progressing and going along, I was like, I don't want two parts though. Yeah. Even though maybe I felt like it could have been, I don't want it. Well, and, and it would have been, it would have had to have kind of a cliffhanger kind of yeah. thing, even though it does feel kind of complete. And I think if you made it two parts, you would be what I, I just think it's like how you're going to fall into the prequel trap where you're trying to make it as epic as the other stuff. Yeah, and, and it, you know, it's the classic thing we always talk about with book adaptions where it's like, I'm sure there's plenty in the book. I'm sure there's a Tom Bombadil. But you yeah. know what? Sometimes it's fun to just have the book readers know who Tom Bombadil is. And if you saw Lord of the Rings, even the extended version, you never know who Tom Bombadil is. And yeah. you don't get that. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Because it would be kind of a waste of time in the movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Even though... I think amongst every Lord of the Rings reader, we're all like Tom Bombadil's kind of the coolest character ever. <laughs> but <laughs> he puts on the ring and it doesn't do anything. I know, but it is like I'm I'm ultimately always I'm it's I'm always so excited that they they never did anything with him mm-hmm. uh, because I just think even it's, in the Hobbit, you know, I know, like throwing him in or something. Yeah, I just think it's so cool that it's like whenever you meet someone who just read it and you get to say like, "How cool is Tom Bombadil?" and they're like, "Tom Bombadil's so awesome! I yeah. love him!" Yeah, and we all love saying his name. Yeah. Um. So. So he's at District Twelve, which he bribed himself to get there. Yeah. Um. And so Janus is with him. Yep. So he, Sir Janus. Sir Janus, thank you. Um <laughs> I think kind of throughout their time together in a way, um Snow 
brought up things like you affect change in a different way. Think about what your money can do to affect change or yeah. what, like, like you're thinking too big or like think more specific. So basically he inspires the Janes to enlist as a peacekeeper. Yeah. Um, he's saying, don't be Batman, be Bruce Wayne and, and fund your money in a ways that'll make the world better. Yeah. And so he, so James becomes a peacekeeper. And I like to, when he meets him on the train, Snow uh, is like, oh, I was contemplating suicide, basically. Yeah. And so James is like, well, that would give them satisfaction. Yeah. And basically he he repeats his words back to him, like, think about what change you can do now. Right. As a peacekeeper. So they're going through this together. They're in District 12. Um, they We see a hanging kind of right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I was kind of like, Jesus. I forget why the person got hung, but it, obviously it's like not just. Yeah. And this woman, I'm, uh, yeah, this woman is like freaking out about it. Yeah. She's arrested for treason and the mo- the wife, I think. Okay. Um, Which I, I just want to side note really quick. I, I don't think that Batman comics should be about him just funding foundations. Yeah. Because as Patrick think- Willem says, sometimes the clown prince of crime just water uh, poisons the water and you have to put on your bat cowl and you know yeah as, it, it happens it happens yeah. as well i i just am remembering that in the flash an episode you guys will hear in a couple weeks they they make kind of a jab about that and it's like i don't need this i don't need this in a batman movie yeah you, shut yeah. up so throughout this throughout this part of the movie we see sejanus is um he is working with the people with the rebels with the rebels um he he is going to affect change yeah. By infiltrating and helping them with his influence, power, money, whatever, any way he yeah. can. Um, and time after time, uh, Snow time after time warns him to knock it off. Yeah. Now, did you understand how the Mockingjay wor- birds worked? What do you mean? I got a little confused because it was like they would record something, and then when they press play, it sounded like, I was like, are they just using a recorder, or are the birds playing it back? The birds are playing it back. But what does the machine have to do with any of it? That the record and then it pressed, it was like record and then play. I just, I'm not faulting the movie. I just didn't quite figure, I didn't quite understand that. I think you have the remote that gives you the option to manually do it. To do what? Record. So it's just like they can have the like pure audio? The bird is recording and playing back. And the remote is the remote. So when you press, so it's like a shock collar where it's like, no, the bird's not real. Oh, <laughs> this is in the other movies. Oh, <laughs> don't you remember? So these are robot birds. Yeah, I think. Oh. Right. Okay. Why do they have or, to? Or they're genetically modified. You know, like they're cyborg birds or something. That's they must stupid. be cyborg birds because there was this whole scene where they're trying to catch them. Yeah, they still would have to catch them if they're out in the out and loose. Oh, you think that they could just press a button and they all come back? Yeah. I liked, I think, and this is probably explained in the books or something, uh-huh. some BS like that. They are birds that were bred, but they are also, they are like a computer. Like, you know, they're, they have a okay. computer in them. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm feeling less stupid than when you, earlier, when you said, did you think the birds were real? Now I'm starting to feel like I, there's a little merit to what I'm saying, but, um, Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's actually really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was more just trying to figure it out. And I was confused by it. Because I was thinking they were like macabres or something, which can like mimic. Yeah, no. Um, 
Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I do like there's this really nice touch when the when the guy is hung. And I think that's what like the hangman song is about, is that first guy that gets hung. Or maybe it's Oh a really? Later I just guy. thought it was like old like no one knows where that song came from. It's so old. No, no, no. She Lucy writes it. Oh, she does? I thought she was yeah. just singing it because it's an old song. No, no, she writes it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's and see that I feel like is a fun connection to sure. the series, not an R2D2 C3PO yeah. thing. Um so it's a pretty wild and very ominous scene. And it was kind of weird because a couple of people like chuckled near us. Uh, they also chuckled at a kiss later. And I was like, okay, what are we doing here? You're, you're clearly like in your thirties. Why are you like, Oh, kissing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, when he got hung and the wife was like, no. And I think he like let out something. The birds were flying above and they were mimicking it. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like gross in a good way. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I thought it was, I don't know. That was just those touches where it's like, Francis? Yeah. This is way better than your previous stuff. I, I thought that was so cool, too. Um, so he meets Lucy Gray again. She's back at District 12. I'm just going to uh, show you how Talia looks right now on the camera. <laughs> She's very tired. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, they, they reunite. Uh-huh. And they fall in love. Yeah. And at th- I feel like at this point... It is kind of like, where is this going now? Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's like, they're they're kind of falling in love. They're like and having I, secret rendezvous and stuff like that. I think the like whole that. time you're supposed to be like, okay, this is a scene where she's going to kill him because she doesn't trust him. Okay, this is a scene where he's going to kill her because he can't, because he's bad. Oh, I, okay, this I is a scene where she's going to kill him. But... Did you never think that at any point? No. Are you serious that the, like, the last part of the movie when she when they were like running away together, you did not think that she was going to kill him? I no, thought that I they don't... were heavily trying to make you think that. Oh, no, I didn't think that. Really? Because, to skip skip ahead, Yeah, she's wearing his mom's scarf, and the way that she's wearing it, you can't see one of her hands and her arms, and it looks like there's something in it. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, she's going to try and kill him, and he's going to, like, kill her out of, like, you know, self-defense, but... It, it took until he said he killed three people, and that's when I... Who was the third person? That I didn't know. I couldn't remember. Okay, because he only killed two. The kid and and then when he shot in the scene in the so maybe he consider he considers Sejanus's death like by his hand like he considers it because that's the only thing I could think of when he does say like I killed my old self that's how well, that's kind of like a lie yeah because um, she's like who is the third person let me see if I can figure it out I I took that as Sejanus's hanging was he was responsible for it therefore he considers that he murdered him you know what I mean how do you spell Coriolanus? So C O R I O L A N U S. I just I just went I just went for it. What are the three people killed in the snow games? One did snow kill Lucy? Oh, I don't think we have time for this. Yeah, I, just keep talking about it because I I think this article will will be. So throughout this, Snow is kind of torn. He has been exiled, but he is given an opportunity to uh, rise back through the ranks and potentially get back to the Capitol someday, where he does still have his cousin and his grandma, who were relying on him. So I think it is what you said. He considers Sejanus him killing him, basically. So, um, but also he's torn because he has, he's with Lucy Gray, and he's fallen in love, and he wants to be with her in that idealistic life. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I do think it is interesting that when he's given the opportunity to leave and he takes it. Yeah. Or, or seemingly takes it. 
And then later on, he tells Lucy about it, but at kind of at a time when all the other S has gone down, she's like, you were going to leave me? Yeah. And he doesn't really even answer it. Like, I don't think he ever really thought about her. Yeah. At any point. Yeah. So, he's, like we've said, trying to get Sejanus to knock it off with... Um, the rebels. With the rebels. But then on one of those nights, he finds him working with them with all these guns. And you have other people from district 12 who he's been working with girl gets killed guy gets killed so they're he's involved now yeah and this looks really bad for him um so wild i mean he just kills the woman and the mayor's daughter in pure and cold cold blood blood. yeah um and so now there's a big manhunt looking for these people um and that other guy gets found out yep um and then eventually Sejanus also gets found out because of the Mockingjay. Corey uh, Snow records him, turns him in. Yeah. Um, then there's the hanging. Then there's the hanging. They, they hang that guy and they hang Sejanus. So you, I think Snow definitely does have a lot of guilt. Yeah. Well, and, and he didn't know that he was going to get hung until that scene by the way he reacts yeah. to seeing him. Yeah. So, of course, he feels terrible. And then him and Lucy are like, we got to make a run for it. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I, I thought all the, the music uh, concert scenes were kind of cool. Yeah. They were fun. Yeah. Shot well. Uh, cool set production design. Felt very lived in. Yeah, I, I agree. The whole production design in this movie was great. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so they're running away. And then he makes the comment about the three deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to the cabin where he oh, discovers and, the and guns. I see why he would want to cover up. Because I was trying to figure out why would he cover up the regret of the death because he doesn't want to tell her that he turned him into the Capitol. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Okay. So they are running away together because of all that's happened. He's like, I can't, there's no way I can get back my old life. Yeah. So I'm going to run away with Lucy gray. They go to that cabin where he finds the guns that were used to kill the other two people. And she's like, Oh, well you can like that would, that's your last loose end. Yeah. Except for her. See, this is why I also thought that she was she had something planned, which I think you're supposed to think. That. Oh, by now I'm thinking that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. From, but from the point where she's suspicious of him, like, like actively, because she's like, "Who's the third person?" From then on, I was like, "Okay, something is going to happen." Yeah, that scene. Them. I thought she had something planned. Okay. Before that, did you? No. Oh, okay. No, then I'm with you the oh, whole time okay. there. Yeah. Okay. So, she's going to go out to get some Katniss, um, and he is going to nip. He's going to do something about the gun. Uh-huh. Um, but as he's doing that, he can't find her. She's she's nowhere to be found. So he starts trying to go through the woods looking for her. Um, can't find her. Is yelling, yelling, yelling. I thought the scene was cool and creepy Finds and weird. Finds the scarf, his mom's scarf, and picks it up. There's a snake. Bites uh, a him. A ballad of snakes. And songbirds. Yes. Gets bit by a snake. Uh-huh. And then we see, like we think we might see Lucy Gray running through the trees and he shoots at what it is. Yeah. And then we think what we think is Lucy Gray falls, but by the time he catches up, there's nothing left. There's nothing there besides her earring. Yeah. So it could be a classic left behind situation or she got <laughs> well, her away. clothes weren't there. So it wasn't. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Um, and then, so we don't know if she's dead or like if he killed yeah, her. That's or not. how it ends, right? And like, I like that relationship. Yep, that's how it ends. Um, love that. Love, yeah. love, love those open-ended things. And see, this, we never tied up his loose end. Th- this scene was kind of it was just funny because I felt like there were a couple of people in the theater that were kind of like, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, weird reaction to this. Like, of all the things to chuckle at, I, I don't think yeah. that this emotional climax of the movie is the one. Um, uh-oh. She, the beast So he makes stirs. it, he, he rises his way back up. He goes back, rises in the ranks, gets yep. back to the Capitol. Um, he takes a Jameis's personal effects with him um, back to his life. And he becomes Viola Davis's uh, like protege. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she like basically forgives him for everything because she knows that he turned into James. He's proven his loyalty the, to the capital. Yep. Everything, everything he's had in his life is back. So then it's fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Um, he lives in a nice swanky new place with his cousin and grandma. I do love that kind of, in the few moments we've had with his family, his grandma is obviously like classist. Yep. Looks down on people below them. And then in this scene, you know, she's so proud of him. He looks just like his father. Well, yeah. I don't know if she says it. Cause then he says, what do you think? Tigress. And I just, her performance was so good. She was awesome. Um, and she's just looking at him just like, so scared. Yeah. And she says, I think you look just like your dad to which we have, it's been established that his dad is, was a, presumably bad person yeah um then we learn about the dinklage thing yep we find out that i heard the baby i know i know uh that dinklage is like i had this idea for a game when i was drunk and then your dad took it and ran with it and i never wanted it to really happen and so he takes it and runs with it and then um Jordan left the room to grab the baby. And so I'm trying to sum up the scene and get through this episode so we don't have to stop it again. Uh, and then Snow poisons him and he dies. And that's kind of a wild scene, seeing that that transition and understanding that relationship between the father and uh, him. And then, hi, Talia. Hi. And then the movie ends and he has kind of become who he will be. Well, this is the best. This is not yeah, the so best, but this, uh, so he, that happens with Dinklage. Then we're, he's in this, in like the downtown area where there's this giant statue of like a woman with swords. Yeah. Which is like the symbol of the Capitol. Yeah. And he walks up to it and he's staring up at it. And I'm like, you better end this freaking movie on that man's face. But like a really, really tight close. Oh yeah. Of his oh, okay. Face. Yeah. And they, and they did. And it just felt so good. Yeah. And and I I think it was kind of great. Yeah. It was I a really, really good movie. movie. Um yeah. So I'd say go see it. I think we've covered everything about it. We should probably go. Um I have a show on December 8th at Anchor Valley Wine. It's from uh 6 to 8 at 6 we're doing Christmas carols. Around 7 we'll be doing a uh a beautiful divorce. Go come to the show. It's in Jacksonville. Um other than that, sign up for Patreon, listen to our episode on Ghostwriter. Anything for you, Jordan? May the odds for um, forever or ever be in your favor. Adios. <laughs>